Everyone side. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson. If you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Tuesday, and Doug, I have not looked at the news at all. What's going on in the news well, today? Well, you haven't missed a whole lot, except there. I think a, a hurricane hit Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you know that? I knew there was one that was going to come up. And it was a, well, it was a tropical storm mm-hmm. that I think turned into a hurricane before it hit, so we need to remember the people out there and our prayers. And uh, if you're listening today to SWAT Radio, thank you so much for tuning in. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And um, we uh, have our SWAT Bible studies that kick off tomorrow again. Uh, it'll be this uh, really tomorrow will be the first time we delve into new material this year. Last week was a review. And so if you live in the Jacksonville or St. Augustine area and you want to roll in, we're at Woody's Barbecue at 6.30 a.m., uh, and they there is breakfast there, and then uh, we will be here at the Salem Center, seven two three five Bentley Road now, and uh, we'll be here from twelve to one. Tomorrow is Jersey Mike uh, Sandwich Day, and then uh, tomorrow we'll be at Jumpin' Jack's House of Food in the Thursday. morning. I'm sorry, yeah, not Thursday. tomorrow. Yeah. Thursday, thank you, Taylor. <laughs> Thursday uh, from six thirty to seven thirty. Thursday night will be our Zoom. If you would like to join us on Zoom. Just send an email to Doug at SWATradio.com, Doug at SWATradio.com. Then Friday we'll be at the Village Inn down off Highway 1 and St. Augustine. Tomorrow is the first SWAT for women. Lori was in yesterday. Oh, We had Lori on the air talking about the SWAT for women. They meet here at the Salem Center at 10 a.m. You are welcome to come. Uh, You can just show up. Uh, but if you would like uh, to uh, find out a little bit more, you have any questions, you can send an email to Lori. Uh, I'm sorry, not Lori. L. McCary. That's L M C C A R Y at me.com. That's L M C C A R Y at me.com. Yeah, it's always uh, dangerous to bring Lori in. I never <laughs> know what she's going to say. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was good to have her on yesterday. And Brad was here yesterday, and Brad was supposed to be here today, and I wasn't, but we flipped, and Brad is playing golf out at the TPC today, and I'm not, Uh, (laughs) so I'm here. So uh, glad you could join us. Uh, You know, if you really want to know what's going on in the news, you got people trying to figure out why our president is having his mic cut oh, by see. people did you see that yeah, yeah they the, they cut the live the they video cut feed. the feed yeah. uh mid-sentence as he's at, he's going off script yeah which makes you ask the question um who's controlling him yeah i mean he's the president he's supposed to be the leader and yet um uh, he's he how many times have you heard him say i'm gonna get in trouble for saying this or i'm not supposed to say this um, yeah, or I'm not supposed to take any questions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we we kind of need to find out who's responsible for that, 
Uh, who's making the decisions to cut him off mid-sentence? And uh, why is he not able to uh, kind of handle his own? In fact, I don't even think he he didn't give a live presentation on 9-11. I think President Bush gave one, George W. Bush. I saw him. But, but, <laughs> but, but I don't think Biden did. He gave a videotape one that they pre-recorded. I saw pre-recorded. him get booed. That's about what I, I, I did saw see the, him, yeah. There was a lot of booing going on at football games. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, a lot of people are digging into Afghanistan uh, today. In the news, big California recall election. Uh, yeah. Gavin Newsom or Larry Elder. You know, uh, I've I've heard there's been some issues with uh, the ballots already. Well, that's um, surprising. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine them having any kind of uh, uh, ballot issues in California. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, you know, yesterday we didn't get into this, but uh, our governor, Governor Ron DeSantis, who, by the way, is doing a great job, mm-hmm. uh, came out and said, so if you are working for the federal government here, and you are mandated to take a vaccine, that is a violation of Florida law. And that is a, he said, I think a $5,000 fine per occurrence. Yeah, he said he was going to issue uh, counter fines. Was that only for uh, federal? No, it's employees? not just federal. Anybody, yeah. if you are an employer and you mandate your employees to get the vaccine, you are violating Florida law. And so it yeah. is. it is passed. This is not a... Uh, just uh, an edict mm-hmm. by our leader. This is a law in the state of Florida and it, signed into law. I think it's. I think that was a, a good move on his part. If you're, you know, for you know, giving people the choice of what they are going to do with their medical care, right? Um, because obviously, with what came out of the White House uh, from Washington, uh, was that really putting people in a bind and. This response from DeSantis seems to me to say, hey, well, if you're going to go that route, there's going to be a, a bind that you're going to face this way as well. Instead of, you know, many governors have uh, decided to go through the courts and stuff and issue uh, uh, lawsuits and things of that nature. And some people have said that, uh, you know, DeSantis should have just said uh, that edict is illegal, you know, from uh, the well, Biden. Well, it's, it's not a law. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, he's just he just did a sweeping announcement uh, and, mandate and, and to just come out and say okay that 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 doesn't hold weight here is not going to be enough for you know maybe some woke co- corporation or people who lean more towards vaccine authoritarianism so to put a little bit of a financial burden onto it i think is actually uh, a pretty smart uh, decision on his part and he's he's done a lot of pretty savvy things uh, in regards to this and the back and forth that's gone on really between him and the white house yeah and um DeSantis, he, he came out and made a very public statement about it. And again, for you folks who live here in Florida, be very grateful mm-hmm. uh, for our leader here. Uh, I know we got people that listen up in Virginia and in Mississippi um, and uh, out west. And, and a lot of people are asking what to do about this mandate. And uh, it this mandate, uh, by the way, <laughs> If you start digging, I found out that Congress is exempt and their staffers are exempt. Did you see that? Yeah, and the Postal Service, too. <laughs> it's like, okay. So if it's a mandate, that that doesn't make sense to me. Why, why is there two tiers of people who have to get it and some that don't? And, you know, one of the people I was talking to earlier this morning was saying that, uh, you know, they're, they're just tired of all the fighting over this stuff. Uh, mm. among believers this person mm. was a believer talking about 
how believers are going after each other. They're, I mean, Tommy Nelson, I mentioned this yesterday, is a friend of mine in Texas, a pastor out there. He said, you know, uh, our position, and which is our position at SWAT too, is that, you know, if you want it, get it. If you don't, don't. And don't worry about the people that don't feel like you do. <laughs> kind of, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of the way we should should be treating it there. So uh, yeah, and I think the bigger the biggest issue is the authoritarian impulse that goes with um, you know the vaccine and kind of the mandates, like you talk about. I think that's something to talk about from a public policy standpoint. To be like, hey, this is not good. Um, but as far as personal medical decisions, that we're not trying to advocate anything in that regard. Although we are uh, not afraid to talk about you know the different things. But I think you know when you talk about for believers that that there's can't be unity there is a, a sign of a bigger issue within the church. Yeah. Hey, and I wanted to let people know, you know, just because the federal government doesn't do something doesn't mean uh, that you can't be involved and do things. There were two veteran groups that many of you may have heard evacuated people out of Afghanistan. They helped free 450 people. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. 450 people and. uh what were they armed with? They just had cell phones and laptops and they kind of came together and, um, they called it digital Dunkirk. And, uh, you know, um, uh, a former army captain named Joe Sabo, uh, used his expertise to create this volunteer network that was able to come together. 200 plus volunteers came together to make this happen. And it was a 24 seven, um, operation center. And, um, uh, it's just crazy. I mean, these people probably saved a lot of lives that yeah. um, that we don't. So kudos to them. And there's still people over there mm-hmm. uh, that are at risk. There have been martyrs over there. In fact, this week we are looking at the first martyr as we review chapters one through seven of Acts and just uh, kind of thinking about, you know, how blessed we are in this country that we're not martyred for our faith, but sometimes persecution is a blessing because it purifies and um you know nobody's pretending to be a christian over in afghanistan mm-hmm. yeah or the middle east or korea or china um and so uh, as believers you know right now we're seeing uh, brad mentioned it yesterday there's this thing called deconstruction have you heard of it mm-hmm. um you know it's it's just a term basically to talk about how people are grow they grow up in the faith and they have their faith deconstructed or basically torn down and they walk away from it. A lot of them believe in Christian universalism and, um, basically everybody's in there. And so, uh, we're living in a very, very, uh, opportunistic time to be a witness, but also a very, uh, dangerous time, uh, in the sense that uh, the enemy's prowling around like a lion looking to who devour and so we need to be vigilant we need to be good witnesses and we need to be praying for each other and we need to be in community that's what swat's all about that's why Lori's starting this group tomorrow this women's group she she's had a women's group out at uh the beach for four years or so and um she's starting this group here because some of the guys at swat their wives wanted to be involved and so she's opened it up so if you're listening out there and you're a female or you're a husband who wife would be interested, 10 a.m. tomorrow, the first SWAT for women here at the Salem Center, and they're going to be looking at Acts 2 in the Chronological Bible. 
And uh, for all you guys, join any SWAT group. We'd love to have you. And if you can't come if because you're living out in Idaho or wherever, uh, you can join us on the Zoom call, SWAT Zoom. Just send me an email at Doug at SWATradio.com. I'll send you a link, and you can join us on Thursday at 7 p.m. So, Awesome. Well, we got a little bit of time left. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, you're talking about persecution. Uh, what's your feeling on, do you think that persecution is coming in our lifetime here in America? Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if we're going to see what, like, what they see in middle, the Middle East, obviously, or that. But I think you're going to see it, uh, right? Here's what's interesting about the U.S. Our persecution, it's not coming from religious zealots. Like over in mm-hmm. in India, extreme Hindus persecute and beat Christians. In the Middle East, extreme Muslims. Here in the U.S., you know who's the, the most oppressive to Christians is immortal people. You know, the homosexual groups, the what I would call the extreme homosexual groups. By and large, a large part of people in the LGBT community uh want to just be left alone but there's extremists that want to force an agenda on everybody um hollywood people out there who have what i would call very extreme immoral lifestyle attitudes um those groups are the ones that are most and government who who basically want a secular government and they don't want any christian influence in there uh the question i have for them what's wrong with the ten commandments what what problem do they have with thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, you know, you, you shall not bear false witness, honor your mother and father. Which of those things are really bad? You know, I mean, you're removing the Ten Commandments all. And the, the crazy part is, is children that want to have a sex change or be transgender can have do stuff without parental notification, yet your kid can't take a aspirin. Uh, you're, you're, they can't take an aspirin at school if you don't approve it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. I think it's interesting to me. I, I think uh, you touched on a few groups there that have a baseline ideology. I would say in common, which is would be like a uh, anti-God or atheistic uh, mentality, and a lot of them lean obviously towards a communist uh, way of viewing things and wanting to structure uh, the world that way. And so that's kind of there is a zealotry in their lack of faith, right, and wanting to make sure that no one represents or talks about God. And I think that's the same reason why it's the Ten Commandments have to be taken out of the the public square. It's because, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a, a standard and a standard, a moral standard that is based on you know, a absolute good creator, right? And so if there is something higher than themselves, well, then, hey, you can't be the God of your own life. And so there's an impulse there to even though it sounds good to get rid of it and to insert something new and quote unquote better, you know, kind of like a Nietzschean uh, philosophy in an effort to uh, maintain, uh, I guess, yourself as the God of your life. Well, you know, a lot of people, when, when we think of persecution, a lot of times we think about uh, like in Nigeria where Boko Haram goes in and kills Christians or in, uh, Egypt, where Coptic Christians are killed, or, or even in China, where the government is systematically going through destroying uh, churches and stuff. But do you know that at campuses around our country, college campuses, outspoken Christians, people, and religious organizations, people who, like Campus Crusade now call crew, 
are regularly being uh, debased and targeted for uh, their beliefs. Um, the the professors ridicule kids if they find out they're Christians. Um, they call them hateful and bigoted. They're uh, if you even on social media now, if you start putting forth some Christian beliefs, they will silence you or mm-hmm. ban you or put you in uh, social media jail. Um, but you know. Christians are being targeted in America. It's just that right now we're not experiencing physical persecution right. as of yet. Yeah, and uh, I guess that's what you guys you said you're talking about deconstruction. That's that's part of that targeting as well. To so particularly go at the youth, as you were just talking about with professors and obviously younger, to try to tear at the foundations of their faith. Yeah, and so I, I just think as as uh, believers. We need to start preparing ourselves and be aware, and that's why this act study is so good where we're going into. You look at Stephen. Stephen did not have a long history of training, being trained. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess we're not having a break today. Are I was just about <laughs> to say, I think we're running straight to the half-hour mark. Yeah, no, that's good. That's okay. I guess God wanted to talk about yeah, this. It's right. an important topic, right? <laughs> um you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, when you when you um, go back and look at the history of our country, our founding fathers wanted uh, religious freedom to be a part of the American fabric. And it wasn't just freedom from somebody telling you. It, it was a lot of people have mistaken that because of secular groups and you know, ACLU-like groups that mm. come in, and they've made it seem like, well, freedom from religion means that, you know, what they intended was that you didn't have to buy into any religion. Uh, you didn't have to believe in any religion. But the and that reason, the government can't advocate yeah, for any yeah, religion. That they, yeah, yeah, that the government can't even say, hey, this is a good thing, which was not true. Yeah, not I mean, the, the letter that uh, Jefferson wrote, I think, to the Danbury Baptist was about persecution of people because they didn't share the same Christian belief. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, where he talks about having a wall between the two. It was t- that the state, the federal government, wouldn't impose on to uh, Christians what type of uh, denomination they could be under. Um, and, in fact, I mean, there's plenty of exa- examples of uh, prayers being uh in Congress of Congress allocating money to uh, give to Native Americans, but that was really about how the federal government would respond and how, how it would act. And if they really felt that there should be no government with uh, you know advocating for any sort of religion, they would have had to have a big problem in the states because there was a number of states who had state authorized uh, denominations at the time of the Constitution. And that they didn't give those up and stop with that until, you know, the uh, 1840s, I think, at the latest. Yeah. And so when you think about what was originally intended, I mean, our founding fathers, uh, imperfect as they were, um, operated from a base of Judeo-Christian values that everybody ascribed to, whether they were believers or not. Those Mm -hmm. values were understood to be a part of our culture. Now, we've gone way away from those values, and we've gone into values that basically uh, exalt self, mm-hmm. self, um, you know, self-promotion over the good of the community. And, the, and you know, when you look at 
even the New Testament, when we looked at uh, Acts chapter uh, 4 and saw that there were people there from all over uh, that had come to Jerusalem that had uh, made a, a confession of Christ, they had ren- renounced their Judaism, uh, not not Judaism, but just the practice of temple worship, and they bought into Christ, and now they couldn't go back because there was no church except there in Jerusalem. People started uh, selling their properties and giving to help those in need. And we looked at that yesterday because there was a real sense of community there. And with that sense of community, Satan came in, and we talked about it yesterday through Ananias and Sapphira, tried to bring uh, a discrediting to the body to say, well, these people are as hypocritical as anybody else. And God said, no, this isn't going to happen. And he, he wiped them off the face of the earth to make a point. And the apostles were then arrested immediately after that. Because what did the apostles do? They confronted the hypocrisy, and people were terrified. They were like, wow, this this is serious. And the leaders go, we may be next. And so they they struck and arrested uh, Peter and John. And that's kind of where we left it off yesterday in Acts chapter 5 as we were reviewing. But they gave the same response in Acts chapter 5 that they did back in Acts chapter 3. They said, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus whom you killed. Again, they, they, they don't shrink back from declaring, one, that Jesus is Messiah, two, that these people, as religious as they are, are sinful. We don't like doing that. We don't like, a lot of times we'll talk about how good Jesus is, but we don't like um, helping people see their need. And it's like somebody who goes to the doctor, Taylor, and they don't, um, they they go in there and the doctor goes, hey, I'm going to give you this chemo. And you go, well, I don't want that chemo. Well, yeah, but you really ought to take this chemo. And you're going, well, I don't have any symptoms. Why why, why do I want to take chemo and lose my hair and, and have to go through all the sickness and throw in? I don't want to do that. And they say, oh, but you have cancer. I do? where and and they're not just going to take the they're, they're wanting it to be explained mm-hmm. and too often we hand people a track god loves you has a wonderful plan for your life you're a sinner you need to repent now hey do you want to trust jesus mm-hmm. and i mean in in a period of about a minute we expect people to make the most important uh decision of their life in responding to this gospel message now in fairness, God works on some people ahead of time. He's been working. Oh, he works on us all ahead of time. But some people, to go there, a lot of times we have this approach almost like a, like a, a salesman, a car salesman, yeah. or an insurance salesman, whatever, where we feel like we've got to sell Jesus instead of we just got to let people see that we're real in Jesus. We love Jesus. We need Jesus. And the message is you need him too. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you look back that I think that's a symptom throughout, you know, the church, uh, you know, in America as, as a whole. But if you look back, even in our country to the Great Awakenings, those a lot of those preachers were preaching not, you know, you know, roses and lilies. It was you're you're damned. You're on your way. You're, you're going to go to hell yeah. without Christ. Yeah. And so without the knowing of the need, like you say, there's no there's no want of the cure. So 
if if you say, hey, you know, Jesus is great, you should stop uh, sleeping with your girlfriend, <laughs> you're going to be like, well, she's over here right now, and it's fun, and you're not going to see that that's a sin that's going to lead you to hell and that you're already destined for hell unless you decide to put your faith in Christ. And that's, you know, not to say that we shouldn't talk about the goodness, but talking only about the goodness leaves out the, the need. If you don't share the bad news, do people really embrace the good news? Yeah. Or, you know, or, if somebody's trying to give you, like I said, a cure before mm-hmm. you realize that you have a need, you're probably not going to want the cure. Yeah. Or, and, and like you said, with chemo, the, the Christian life there, it, there's God says, Christ says, take up your cross and follow me. There's difficulty in it. But at the same time, his burden is light, right? And his yoke is easy. So um, there's a dichotomy there, of course, but most people who are not Christians, uh, they're only going to, they're not going to care about taking on that extra burden if they don't know about their sin nature and that their flesh is leading them to hell. Well, the disciples were threatened. Uh, they wanted to kill them. They were enraged here. This is the second time they've been brought before them. But God sovereignly brought Gamaliel to stand up and intercede for them to where they flogged them, which was not an easy thing. They beat them. Mm-hmm. That's the same beating Jesus got. He was, he was flogged. They were flogged and then let go. And when they were let go, um, they they went out and they continued. It says they did not cease. I find that interesting. It doesn't just say that they went and preached. It says they did not cease. Why? Because they were told to cease. They did not obey government. They did not obey man when man was telling them to do something that contradicted what God's word said. And, and they continue to preach Jesus as the Christ. Now, after that, in chapter 6, what happened is the widows of the Hellenistic uh, Christians began to be overlooked. They, they were being overlooked because people were giving preference to the Jew, Jerusalem uh, widows, taking care of them. And so it, it created a problem. Again, Satan's coming in trying to always stir up trouble. And the disciples said, hey, it's not right for us to work, work, you know, to wait tables. Let's pick seven guys. So they picked seven Hellenistic Christians, that is believers who were from outside of Jerusalem, put them in charge. They basically, the word there is like for deacon, to go serve these widows and take it to them and give them uh, food and help them, while the apostles focused on teaching and praying. And Stephen was one of those, and we're introduced to him. It says, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 8 of chapter 6, it says, Stephen, a man full of grace and power, who was doing great wonders and signs. So even though Stephen wasn't an apostle, a big A apostle, he was a servant of God, and he was associated with apostles, and he was doing these signs and wonders. Why? To authenticate the word of God, because they didn't have a completed scripture back then. And so how do how would people know that these guys really are from God? Well, because of signs and wonders. And so and then Stephen goes back to synagogues that were Greek or people who were Hellenistic. They would come together in these little they'd have synagogues where they would they would when they came for the feast, they would be teaching and going through stuff. So Stephen went back there, and one of them was made up of people from Cilicia. Well, you know who was from Cilicia? Paul, Mm -hmm. from Tarsus. And so 
So Stephen is engaging and and sharing the gospel in a very proactive way, and it doesn't go well for him. And we're going to look at that today and tomorrow when we come back from the break. All right, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Radio. That is David Crowder with Red Letters. If you are just joining us, we have been looking at Acts this week, and actually we looked at it last week as well. We are doing an overview, a refresher on Acts 1 through 7 as we get ready to go into Acts chapter 8 next week. Uh, just coming back from the summer break, it was good to refresh and regroup, refit, right, and refresh and get ready uh, so that we know where we're uh, going here Next week, yeah, and, and or this week, uh, oh, uh, right. next week, week on the yeah, air. Yeah, this yeah. week at SWAT, and so uh, we're in Acts chapter six, looking at really this man who's fully surrendered to God. Are, are you fully surrendered? Think about that for a second. Are you fully surrendered to God? You know, his name Stephen means victor's crown, and we don't know that much about Stephen. But he is going to have a huge impact on the body of Christ. Uh, He's going to impact a guy we have not even met yet in chapter 6. And um, we're going to see how he impacts this other guy who ends up writing half the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we saw in Acts chapter 6 that a man who's full of faith is a man full of surrendered. So if you're, you know, you, you you can't just be fully surrendered without being a man of faith. See, see, these qualities are going to be, if you're, if you possess these qualities, faith, controlled by faith, by what you believe, it's a dominating force in your life. You think about uh, Stephen, what did he believe? Well, he believed in God's word, right? You know, he believed in God's word. Because, you know, if you look at verse 12, it's uh, they, uh, I'm sorry, if you go back to uh, when it says Stephen, not verse 12, but back verse 8, he was full of grace and power. Um, And it it says they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit. He was full of faith in the Holy Spirit. All these things came about because Stephen was a man of the word. How do we know he was a man of the word, Taylor? You got to go to chapter seven. When you see how he lays out in his defense, yeah. the story of God's unfolding plan, 
he could not have done that had he not been a man of the word. I mean, I guess he could. God could have miraculously did it. Right. But God works through people who spend time in his word. Uh, so if you're out there and you think you're just going to have a Bible sitting by your bedside and you're going to, uh, through osmosis, get God's word in you and his spirit, you're mistaken. It's discipline. In fact, Brad was talking yesterday about Don Whitney. Um, Don Whitney is a uh, professor up at uh, we uh, up at um, uh, Southern Seminary. Uh, at least he was when he was on the program. And Don um, uh, wrote a, uh, some great books about spiritual discipline. But we had him on um, talking about the disciplines of you know the d- discipline in our spiritual life and. Uh, you know, when he was on, he, he talked about praying in that book. It's called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. But he talked about how it, it doesn't just happen. You know, discipline is is you taking the time to invest in the Word, and God then reveals his truth to you. I mean, you could read the Bible every day, and without the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll never understand anything. You can understand the English words, but you may not see how it ties together. Mm. Have you ever heard anybody say, Taylor, man, I read the Bible, but I just don't understand it? Mm, I've heard people say it, not people that I personally know. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of guys over the years say that to me. Well, you can't understand it unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you. And he doesn't start off by giving you, uh, he doesn't, uh, in other words, he doesn't take you to calculus four but before you've learned basic arithmetic. He works you through a process. I've read through the Bible at least 15, 20 times. And even today, having read through it that many times in the gospel, hundreds of times, I still read things and go, how have I never seen that? And it's not that it wasn't there. It's not that my eyes didn't read it, but the spirit didn't reveal the truth at that moment. And so, but it takes discipline. And Stephen was a man full of faith, controlled by the faith of what he believed. He, He believed in God's word. He believed in God's sovereignty. He believed in God's Messiah. That was part of his message. And we see that in chapter seven, but he was also a man full of the Holy Spirit. It says that couple of times, which means not that you go around listening to praise music, which is what some people think. Mm -hmm. It means that you're yielded to God's word and his plan, whether you like it or not. That's what it means to be full of the spirit. That's why we're commanded to be full of the spirit. You can't be commanded to be baptized. God baptizes us in the spirit, but we're commanded to be filled with the spirit, which means yielded to his word. But he was also a man full of wisdom, and that's a man who fears the Lord and applies his word, fears him with a healthy, reverent fear because you want to obey him because he's God. He's the one who saved you, the one who redeemed you. Stephen was also a man full of faith or grace, uh, uh, grace, verse 8 and 15, and it's not just grace received. But it was grace given over in chapter 7 at the end. He says, Father, forgive them as they're killing him. Now, that's hard to take yourself to that place, isn't Mm -hmm. it? To imagine people killing you and you praying. He was kind and loving even against those mistreating them. And in this day and age, boy, we could use that kind of grace in the church. 
Um, he was a man full of power. He performed signs and wonders, even though, again, he wasn't a an apostle. He did the works there because it was God validating him as a messenger. And then we see he was a man full of courage. Uh, they brought up false charges against him. They said he never ceases to speak against the temple and the law, which he didn't. Um, and uh, he said that Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place. That's what they said. They, does that sound familiar? Isn't that the same charges they brought against Jesus? Mm-hmm. Was he a disciple of Jesus? Yes, he was. Even though he came to Christ after Christ had ascended, he was a disciple of Jesus. Do you know, you say this a lot, I disciple so-and-so or he discipled. You know, Jesus is the only one that can disciple anybody. Mm-hmm. Really? And and him and and his word and his truth. Uh, In fact, if you I think after the book of Acts, you don't even see the word disciple. It's never mentioned after Acts. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I never. It's it's not mentioned after Acts. You won't see the word disciple in Scripture after Acts. And so that's uh, because only Jesus can disciple. And and he discipled. Stephen, how? Through the apostles. He can disciple people through us. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's why Paul could say, imitate me as what? I imitate Christ. That's correct. And so uh, because he's the one we want to pattern ourselves after. Because remember, in the Hebrew mindset, a disciple is somebody who is in community around the word of God with a passion to be like their rabbi. Well, Christ is the rabbi. Peter's not the rabbi. John's not the rabbi. Jesus is the rabbi. And so, uh, and and finally, he was a man full of God's presence. They said his face was like a face of an angel. Um, you know, uh, it says, when he was brought before the council, all those looking at him said his face was like that of an angel. It reminds me of what it said about Moses, when mm-hmm. Moses' yeah. face shone. And so, uh, that's really chapter six and you know it kind of takes us through the end of six and uh really i'm going to save seven for tomorrow but i just want to go back and and just um kind of reiterate that you know stephen was a man fully surrendered to christ and and we said when you're fully surrendered to him you're going to be an enemy of the world and you're going to be a witness for the king but you're going to be an ambassador for hope, and that's what we should be. And I think we need to do a, a mental um, uh, vital signs check mm-hmm. spiritually of our lives to say, am I really being a witness for the king? When people see me, when people see what I put out, either on social media are people seeing somebody who is surrendered to the Lordship of Christ, who is full of faith, who is full of grace, who is full of the Holy Spirit, full of power, full of courage? There hadn't been a lot of courage going around. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of fear. And if you go look in the book of Revelations, it says that cowards will not be in heaven. Now, I find that interesting. It lists you know, adulterers and it lists other people that commit immoral acts. And then along with that, it lists cowards as if coward being a coward is an immoral act, which means 
it is because yeah. you don't have a lack, you don't have faith in God. It doesn't mean you're not afraid, but it, a coward means somebody who is paralyzed to the point of not acting and doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So, and you know, I, I think, you know, you're talking about being fully surrendered and Stephen was a man fully surrendered. And it, it obviously I feel, I don't, I don't know, maybe I'm curious to get your uh, opinion on this is, can you know if you're fully surrendered without the ultimate test, the test of facing losing your own life? Do you think that it's possible to know that? Or is it always going to be a question until you are confronted with that decision? Well, I think, you know, when you think about um, being fully surrendered, uh, the, the way you know if you're surrendered is if you keep being obedient. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, look at him. He was brought before him, and these false charges were brought up. And what did he do? He kept testifying. So that's how we know he's fully surrendered, right? right. Um, but in the without the face of that persecution, you know, someone who wasn't fully surrendered could do the same thing. As far as you know, there's plenty but, of people. But, but, who, but would they testify if ex- they were brought up on charges? Yeah, that's that's my point. Yeah, is that is when that persecute when that heat comes, when that fire comes, that's when you know, you know, if you're really about it or not. Mm-hmm. And so I was just wondering if you thought that, you know, is that the only way? I mean, not the only way, but, you know, that's just was a curious thought going through my head is like better get prepared for that level of commitment. You know, yeah. And that level of persecution that because I think it's coming our way. I think it is, for too. Sure. Maybe yeah. coming sooner rather than later. Yeah. All right, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. And all of you who are listening online, wherever you are around the world or the country, and all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com.
is David Crowder again with All My Hope. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are reviewing uh, Acts chapters 1 through 7 as we prepare for Acts chapter 8 next week and getting into new material. And actually Acts chapter 8 this week at the SWAT uh, meetup. So make sure you attend one of those. We have uh, a number of them and you can find uh, where they are at at uh, SWATradio.com. Um, if you would like to join the discussion about what we're talking about, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Yeah, and tomorrow, like I said, Taylor on air, we're going to get into Acts chapter 7, just his sermon, his uh, defense, really, against the false charges made. But... Um, you know, that their charges against him were that he was speaking against the law and against Moses, and he wasn't. And and you're going to see tomorrow in his uh, defense, when we review that, that uh, he was a bold witness. He was very biblical in the way he responded, and uh, and he was faithful. And really, that's that's all God wants us to be. You know, so many people out there, in a, especially today in our culture have this idea that they have to be successful they have to they have to make sure the mean or not the 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 ends is what they think it should be and i remember mother Teresa one time was interviewed and i didn't agree with all her theology but i certainly agreed with what she said when she was asked here she was asked about her ministry in calcutta and asked if uh she thought she was successful and she said, God did not call me to be successful. He called me to be faithful. Yeah. He determines the success. And I think we forget that uh, a lot. I know I do. You, you start feeling like you've got to control the outcome of things, and you get frustrated with circumstances. And uh, even today, I, I had some things happen that just overwhelmed me that made me think, oh, I've got to do this, and i got to do this. And I go, wait, 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 wait. God's in control. He's sovereign and step back, breathe, you know, and, but, and I I think some of this, especially in our culture right now, we're we're so hyped up about everything. There's so much division and so much anxiety and stress um, that when things happen, it's easy to lose perspective of what's really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, that's something I think that each and every one of us has to confront and deal with in our own way. And, and the more we practice, you know, talking about discipline, the more we practice taking that second breathe, God's in control, the better we get at it. I think I talked about that a little bit last week, but yeah, that's a good reminder that, you know, the everyday uh, things that happen in life uh, can sometimes get, get at you. And if you're not careful, it can wind you up and make you lose sight of what's really important. And the news is a great example of, that if you're just constantly looking at it, right? If you get a constant feed of whatever news you choose, just take your pick. It doesn't matter. Um, and you're not getting a regular dose of biblical truth coming in you. Mm. You're probably going to be pretty depressed Yeah, <laughs> as of late, especially with everything going on. Yeah. And I think it's important to emphasize what you said, whatever, whichever, outlet you pick you know whatever side left right whatever if you are not getting biblical truth in your life if you're not uh standing as a christian first you are 
um, liable, you're, they're likely to get swept into some dangerous and bad directions. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're a communist or if you're red pilled, right? It, it's it's going <laughs> to, it's going to happen without Christ. It's going to go bad. What do you mean red pill? What is that, man? What are you talking about? Oh, red pill is like, uh, you know, in, in the matrix. Take, no, no, take no. Okay, I know okay. what it is. I was just, but our <laughs> listeners may not know what it is and they may be like, uh, you know, uh, what's he talking about? Well, yeah, it's uh, something that has been, uh, you know, pretty popular for the past, past few years on, on, uh, online and stuff talking about the red pill. And, and that's really like, uh, you know, not buying into the matrix, uh, way of framing things, I guess you could say. Well, you know, um, the, um, the matrix is coming out with a matrix four. I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> I don't, you, uh, and, don't. you know, it's really uh, something, I guess, you know, the, the original Matrix, obviously, they, they borrowed a lot of themes from the Bible. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what people related to. They did. But uh, if you look at the guys who, the brothers who made that, they are both now calling themselves sisters. You know, they're, uh, tran- they've transitioned to living life as females and I just, and they're still going to do this new movie and I just really don't think it's going to be worth seeing at all i mean i wasn't a big fan of the original trilogy anyway so well i hey i, I wanted to i wanted to share something my wife shared with me earlier today and in the midst of the chaos of everything going on around uh, i was so encouraged uh one of our daughters is at a place called link here and parents i just i really want to encourage you if you got high schoolers don't feel like they just have to go immediately to college because you're sending them out into a battleground. Mm-hmm. I mean, a battle. It, it is a battle for the mind, okay? But I want to share this, that uh, our daughter is at a link year, which is a gap year program to teach a Christian worldview. Kate's had struggles on and off, and she's a good girl. And, um, I, you know, I, I just I was really encouraged by this post she put out on social media. She said, I can't begin to express how amazing this has been. This link year is built on something called seven pillars out of Proverbs 9. The first is maximizing moments, and that's what I want to key in on, okay? Maximizing moments. Um, crazy to think there are only 86,400 seconds in a day. I get 86,000 seconds to make an impact in the world for Christ, Yet I spend hours scrolling on social media as if that's going to accomplish anything. This week was a big week considering I became an adult. She turned 18. Mm. She says, it blows my mind that I've only known the people out here for a few weeks, but I've never felt so loved. It's a real community. And um, God's got a hold of my heart, and I can't be more grateful. And, I, I mean, I just celebrate that. But what? I want to key in on is 86,000 seconds in a day. And, you know, Stephen made his day count. He died well. And none of us know when we're going to pass. None of us know when life's going to be taken. I talked about Tunch Ilkin last week, our brother up in Pittsburgh, who was a, a stealer. He made his life count. Eddie Lively. Eddie, five years ago, was not walking with the Lord, but in the last five years, he's been very active in SWAT and he, he was walking with the Lord, and, you know, it's never too late. It's never too late. And so uh, think about that, 86,000 seconds every day. What are you going to do with that? Are you going to use it and be a, a, a fully surrendered person or not? 
So I think we got a caller. We got just a couple of minutes. Yeah, Merv, how are you doing today? I'm uh, fine, thank you. How are you guys? Doing well. Where are you calling from, Merv? Oh, Jacksonville, Florida. Just knows me well. Awesome. <laughs> um, what's on your mind today? I just want to endorse everything you're saying. And, of course, um, Crossroads Ministries has the Strongman Rally coming up on the 9th of October, um, which is a very special time when we gather to encourage one another and enable each other to enter more fully into the kind of commitment you're talking about today. And uh, our main speaker is Doug McGarry. And alongside that is uh, Dr. Emmanuel Beecham from Ghana. Both these guys, I mean, I know you know Doug well, but uh, Dr. Emmanuel uh, is an accomplished speaker, missionary, you know, conference guy. He's just full of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Um, the last time we met in, in March uh, down on the Blueberry Farm, um, it was a very special occasion. The presence of God was so real. Um, it's like anything could have happened. And I think, you know, talking about courage, I think people need that. I think we need to be encouraged, but I think people need to stand out and step out on their faith, fully knowing that, you know, God will be with them. And, um, I believe that what we're trying to do, all of us, is, is do just that, is to enable us to, to walk more closely and stand more nearly and speak more boldly for Jesus. That's it. Oh, well, thank you, Merv. And uh, give that date one more time. Sorry, it's the 9th of October. The 9th of October. And where can people go to learn more? Or they can go on the Facebook page, Crosswinds Ministries Sailing Page. All right, Crosswinds Ministries Sailing Page, and you can sign up there. Uh, Merv, thanks for calling in. I did not realize until you talked a little more and I heard the accent. I was like, I've met this guy before. I know who he is. Uh, so we're so happy yeah. that you called in and uh, get excited about October 9th. So, again, uh, thanks for calling in, Merv. And if you want to learn more, go to Facebook and uh, Crosswinds Ministries on Facebook to uh, find out more and to sign up and Doug will be the keynote speaker there. So that'll be awesome too. Well, I'm looking forward to it and Murph, thanks for calling in today. Yeah. And I think we got just a few minutes left, right? Oh, no, yeah. No. Well, man, time just flies. I tell you what, it's gone almost, man. Yeah. We, uh, make sure that if you want to come to a SWAT meetup, we are doing them tomorrow. Uh, we will be at Woody's in the morning down in Ponte Vedra. Uh, at uh, what time? Six o'clock. Uh, yeah. We'll be at noon here at six thirty. Six thirty. Six thirty. You can get there early if you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> help Doug set up. Yeah. We'll be at noon here at the Salem Center. And if your wives or if any ladies listening would like to go, um, there there will be a ten thirty a.m. meeting swap for women. Uh, Miss McCary, Mrs. McCary will be leading that, and that is here at the Salem Center as well. That is all the time we've got today. We've got four today, excuse me. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day.
If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 